0: Greetings, GameCola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 116, and I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph
1: Martin. With me
0: today, we have...
2: Hi, I'm Anna Bernarski. I'm a staff writer and also GameCola's social media trash queen.
1: Hi, I'm James Pelster. I am a staff writer as well as the assistant manager of the Game Cola YouTube channel, and I suck at Mega Man.
0: Sick. Speaking... Of guys, guys, b- b- guys. Yes. Mega Man Eleven. Mm-hmm. And this
2: is the part of the podcast where Joe talks for an entire.
0: There were Mega Mans. There were ten of them.
2: Yes. And now there is eleven. If you haven't
0: heard, you get get ready to hear everything. Um, but. Uh, If you haven't heard, recently um, for Mega Man's 30th anniversary, there was a big live stream event, and at the end of it, Capcom revealed that in late 2018, they're going to come out with Mega Man 11, a full-fledged sequel and continuation of the classic Mega Man series, and I am very, very, very excited about this fact that is true and cannot be taken away from me. (laughs) Mega Man is um uh, sort of one of the staple series of GameCola.net and of my early time on the podcast, if you listened to like 85 through 90. While I was getting used to hosting the podcast, Meg- talking about Mega Man was sort of my fallback. So if you've listened to those parts, you're probably pretty familiar with how much I enjoy and can talk about Mega Man. Yeah. Uh, So I could talk about pretty much anything – About this new Mega Man game For a really long time So I actually wanted to ask you guys As people who have very minimal experience With a Mega Man game And that's probably a lot of our podcast listeners Because we can't expect everyone to have played every game And anyone who's super invested in, in Mega Man Probably already knows a lot about it So as people who are not as invested in Mega Man as I am Uh, what questions would you have about the new Mega Man game that's coming out?
1: Probably whether they'll keep the difficulty as Nintendo hard as it's always been, or whether they'll be, you know, changing it up. Because I know Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10 for WiiWare, they had, like, an easy mode and a hard mode, which is something that is, I believe, new to the classic Mega Man series.
0: I can confirm for you that the difficulty settings are returning, and there's actually a fourth one that they're adding which is uh labeled as newcomer so there's four difficulty levels newcomer easy normal and hard i think that's how they're named um it might it might be kind of weird because the the interviews that i heard that from were from the uh producer and the lead designer who both speak japanese so those are already translations and so the the literal wording of it might not be the same but the idea is that there is like There's an easy mode, and then there's, like, an easy mode.
1: Really easy. Very easy.
0: Because, well, one of the things that that they've been talking about a lot in interviews and stuff is that they are trying to do the very difficult thing of appealing to the older audience while also garnering a new, younger fan base of kids. So... They're, they're trying to make something that is accessible to both. So they're trying to include that hard difficulty that everyone's familiar with in the hard mode while still making a game that can be played by your average kid whose skill level is very different than your average video game playing kid in the late 80s, early 90s where you're already, if you're playing video games back then there's a certain level of investment and ex- expectation that's required that was probably a little bit more than you would expect nowadays
1: kind of makes sense then why they why they've been waiting so long to bring in another one because I mean for a while I guess there probably was not as much demand for that kind of game that was worth their time to try and invest all this stuff into but with some of the sort of the recent resurgence in that kind of genre of game recently what with Mighty Number 9 and a couple of the others I think Mm -hmm. it was like 20XX I think was the name of another one but some of those titles, I think Capcom kind of saw them and they were like, hey, this 20XX game at least managed to find a foothold with both Mega Man, you know, existing Mega Man fans as well as, you know, some newcomers. So they were like, hey, maybe now's the right time to try and figure out how to do that ourselves.
0: Well, yeah, and even with, like, Mighty Number no. 9, you know, love it or hate it, there there are, I will admit, even though I am not fond of that game in any way there are people who enjoy it but even looking at that even looking at it in the most negative sense it very much at least demonstrated that there is a public interest in that in a mega man style game yeah so i think like even then like if there's just internal discussions of like yeah we'd love to make a new mega man game but we need to we need something to show that this isn't a risky investment uh, and that was probably like someone could have a PowerPoint in the meeting and just be like, "There is our proof that people will buy this game
1: yes. <laughs> at the very least." Yeah, they 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 people have already spent four million dollars.
0: People are investing in this game rather than purchasing a product, so if we just give them a product to buy,
1: yeah, you know,
0: they'll they'll probably be pretty into it.
1: I I'm kind of wondering why they decided to switch to the two point five D perspective like with Mighty Number no. 9 cuz I think originally at least in the concept art Mighty Number no. 9 was a standard 2D and then they switched to 2.5D when they were actually producing it. I'm wondering why Capcom decided to do the same given the success of titles like Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10 and even with the success of the the two legacy collections where, you know, basically just bringing those that art style back, the the classic 2D sprite-based design. Because if it were me, and I saw the fact that a game like Mighty Number no. 9, which, you know, its visuals were one of the things that were usually, you know, criticized, not super heavily, but they were definitely criticized. And if it were me, I would have seen that, and then I would have seen the success of a game like 20XX, which I believe is... Sprite base. I could be wrong there, but because uh, I know more about Mighty Number no. Nine than that, than Twenty XX, but I I actually, I personally would have tried to distance myself from that kind of a design and you stuck with something that we know works. Although again, I guess it might be because they're again trying to appeal to both an old and a new audience, and they kind of want to have some slightly flashier or you know more modern style graphics to try and do that. But, I don't know, it just seems a bit odd that... Especially considering that, you know, pixel art games still do pretty darn well for themselves nowadays. So, it just seems a little unusual.
0: So, I do actually have an answer for this. So, the the, the really... The big thing that they've been hammering home about this in all the interviews and press release material is that this is meant to be a new start for the Mega Man series. Like, it is the beginning of a continuation of the classic series rather than an- another callback right they're saying mega man is going to continue from now on we are updating mega man for the modern era it is a like sort of like the same way that not abandoning the past but like i would imagine a similar design philosophy to mario odyssey because mario odyssey right is a very much a modernization of the classic 3d mario style with a ton using the catalog of mario 3d marios as a baseline and taking all of those things and saying okay we're not just making something brand new but rather we are modernizing and updating all of these mechanics from previous games into a modern game instead of just being stuck in iterating on the past so the movement into 2.5d is supposed to represent a modernization Instead of Mega Man nine and ten were very much like say, were, you know, they were cool, but they were also saying like, hey, the older ones were better. Is sort of the implication,
1: yeah. They were of it, throwbacks. With, they weren't con- continuations so much, right?
0: Right. Especially Mega Man nine was like <laughs> yeah, Mega they, Man re- two was the best. The slide. Here it is. Mega Man nine was Mega Man two uh, two. Yes, and then Mega Man Ten was Mega Man two, two, two.
1: No, I think it was Mega Man. Mega Man, like I think it was Mega Man four, two. Because they had the charge, they had the Charge Buster in that, right?
0: Mm, they had Proto Man in it. Oh no, they
1: had they had Which they was... added the slide back in ten, so it was like Mega Man three, two. Mm, nope, they added that for Proto Man. No, Mega Man could slide in Mega Man Ten. I thought could he?
0: I feel I get the distinct remember. I have Mega Man Memory Legacy Collection could...
1: two. I'll check that one. At some point. I could have sworn that they just removed the slide from Mm, Mega Man 9. No,
0: it looks like he is, yeah, all these things are saying Mega Man cannot slide in Mega Man 9 and 10. Proto Man wasn't DLC in Mega Man 10, though, so you could just play as Proto Man. Oh, that's
1: right. But Proto Man was still the hard mode.
0: Yeah, because you took twice damage and knockback.
1: Yeah, that was that that really annoyed me because it's like I I kind of wish that Proto Man was a little more cosmetic actually. Because like <laughs> you know it's like I I always like be I always like the concept of being able to play as Proto Man or or base actually I really enjoy playing as base.
0: So um yeah they're really trying to update the series and like bring it into like hey we're not just calling back to old games we are continuing to make new games. With new ideas. And so there is new there there is new stuff in this game, aside from just the graphical translation. You've got uh, Mega Man visually changes besides just changing color now when he switches weapons, which I think is really cool and I think is a great, like, little update to it because that's the sort of thing that you could keep the same for consistency, but now that you have a higher graphical fidelity, why not go in and say, hey, you know, give them a little... Uh, additive like for the block weapon that he gets in the trailer, why not add little blocky stuff on his I mean it, it looks better than how I'm describing it. But they, they Yeah,
1: I, I see what they you mean. add
0: stuff to it because you can now and that's cool. There's also some boss fights so it's not just as far as I can tell it is at least for this one instance um it is not just cosmetic two point five D that it, it, the the additional perspective is used there's a bot there's a mini boss fight that uses it um and it looks like it uses it fairly well there's basically this big arm that swings as part of one of the attacks of the main bosses but it's like this very slow and deliberate your jump lasts much longer than the hitbox does and so like it's pretty easy to dodge without being sort of weirded out by like okay but where is this like where cuz the hitbox right would just appear at some point right in the in the thing. But it's it's really clear when the hitbox is there. And so it's it's it looks like it's being used well. So it's not just cosmetic, it's gonna be utilized. I think this is also like one of the reasons why we haven't heard about the Mega Man TV show in a while, is because they're I think they're trying to line these up. And it may be that the Mega Man TV show got further along in development and they're like, well let's just hold off on it a little bit and be and try to get these going at about the same time. So, cuz yeah, Mega Man also has um a little bit now we don't know if there's going to be voice acting because I'm I I would I would wonder if they would be wary about that with the fact that Mega Man 8 exists. But Mega yeah, Man and the
1: fact that Mighty Number no. 9 exists.
0: But Mega Man does have a voice. He there is a shout that
1: plays. Yeah, I, re- I remember hearing that in the trailer. They didn't they do that in Mega Man Powered Up as well. Mega
0: Man Powered Up had voices too. They, it had it had it, no Mega Man powered up was fully voice acted.
1: Yeah, but I mean that one, that one wasn't bad. Like I don't think the no, voice acting. was No, it wasn't. That it was, was bad. Like that was that was. It decent. was all right, but
0: it was also a very different style. It was you know very much going in the cutesy yeah. chibi. This is Mega Man definitely. I mean I think it might be the same voice as the TV show, which I think is okay. the voice of not not Tara Strong original Ben Ten, but like the voice of Ben Ten from all of the sequel series. Um, which hmm. is kind of funny, which would make sense, too, because it's being produced by the same people who produced the original Ben 10. So hmm. it's it's being, the going back to the Mega Man cartoon, which I also know a lot about, um, it's being produced by a Man of Action studios. The people behind it are people who worked on the original Ben 10, which isn't necessarily hmm. the same set of people who worked on the sequel series Ben 10, Alien Force, Ultimate Alien, Omniverse, the 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 parts of Ben 10 uh, were I never
1: watched Ben 10 so Ben
0: Ben 10 kind of went on forever yeah, and then it got I, rebooted I I
1: like I I knew about it I just never actually watched I watched it a go. lot as a kid
0: um but the the original series was was pretty good and I think I think if it's the same people who are behind the original series and not necessarily behind like Omniverse which was I think Omniverse suffered from the fact that it, this show had been going on for way too long and it didn't have the mm. It didn't have the setting to really support that, so things just kind of got crazy. Like, there's an episode in there where, I mean, the universe basically ends, and they're like, oh, we fixed it, and it's like, okay, well then, what stakes are you going to have now? This is like halfway, this is like season five, and there's like ten total seasons of this. My, my point is that, uh, yeah, so I think they're tying it in with this show, the voice, there's some voice similarity things that they're looking to add things while still using like all the interviews have talked about like like there have been things where they talk about mention specific mechanics plot positives even negatives like they've mentioned things about older mega man games that they want to do differently like they've said like they want to make sure that the boss order the weaknesses are intuitive Man, the example they keep you—they
1: yeah, that was always a big pro- problem in some of uh, like games like three. But
0: yeah, three was weird because there wasn't like a circle order; it was like two circles.
1: And also, most of the bosses weren't like elemental mm-hmm. or didn't have weaknesses that like would make sense by conventional logic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how would you know that? I mean, like the the most logical one is is that hard knuckle beats top man because of course, if you punch <laughs> a top, it's gonna fall over. Like that's that's some very strange logic to use and even then i'm not sure if that's even why it's the weakness
0: so the the example they use actually was uh like the, okay we have a knight we have a centaur we have uh you know you have yamato man the samurai uh, who is weak to what yeah. in that situation and for mega man 6 it made sense because the main thesis of the robot masters in that game was there's one from each different region they really pushed the like each robot master is designed by a fan Sort of thing. And so that's something that you're going to run into with that sort of philosophy, no matter what. Um, But so like stuff like that, they mentioned, um, they talked about Mega Man 8 and how the more complex animations made it, the controls feel worse. They didn't say it quite outright like that. I think they mostly talked about like how there was extra animation for knockback, which meant that you couldn't get back into it as fast um and
1: i mean mega man also just looked like he was made out of rubber and well that right game. but they were talking so,
0: more specifically about the animations rather than the literal graphical quality
1: oh i see so you mean like the animation like the movements and stuff like with the the way that they set that up i see yeah
0: so like they weren't afraid to talk about things that they wanted to improve or change from other games so and like they said like the direct the game director said that he's he played through to prepare for this he played through all 10 mega man games my my the general like idea that i feel like they're trying to convey to to the the, the older fan base right because the younger fan base is going to be catered to through advertisements um but through this like sort of yeah. press presence um the message that it seems like they're trying to convey is hey this might be different but it is definitely at the very least this is like intentional we're not being lazy if we get something wrong it means that we just had a good idea that didn't work out as opposed to, we didn't yeah. try. Because, like, and I think part of this showed through 10 a little bit. And maybe 9 a bit. But I think, not as much 9. But, like, it's really easy these, it would be really easy these days to make a phoned-in Mega Man game. Right? I mean, you we've seen with the rise of, and I, I, the, my point that I'm going to make at the end of this statement is not that these are phoned-in games. It's just meant to Highlight a point, a different point. Um, you see, yeah. Uh, make the make a good Mega Man level series one, two, and the th- uh, third one that is uh, coming up. That is, I think, sort of in its early stages. Um, you've got uh yeah. lots of other Mega Man fan games with the eight bit art style. Uh, Mega oh, yeah. Man Maker. <laughs> like once you get to a like a maker category of uh your games, yeah. It's the fact that one person or like a small Group of people working for free can make something on their own, means that a company that's like has resources and can pay people could really easily make something that is meets all the base requirements for being a Mega Man game while being completely phoned in in terms of design and quality, right? So it would,
1: yeah, and in just enjoyment, yeah, like. Even actually, I would say that there are even in Mega Man Nine, at the very least, I think there are some spots where you can see that they that they did cut corners, like they were they were mainly just trying to cater to the retro crowd. And my my case in point for that is the fact that they reused a bunch of songs from Mega Man Two in Mega Man Nine. <laughs> like they didn't compose a new menu theme, a new game over theme, a new Wily intro, like Tower theme, or any of that stuff. They just literally reused the songs from Mega Man 2 which is the most like iconic game of the nes series and you know the rest of the game i think is is pretty well made and like you know they they designed it with a lot of you know they put a lot of effort into it but i think that kind of you know just that little bit i think that also kind of i think may kind of show what you mean i think
0: I mean Mega Man 9 does also have some pretty good songs. I really like the the Wily Machine oh, yeah. the one that like incorporates an alarm into the music. Like it's got some great music yeah. too. Oh,
1: Tornado Man's theme is amazing. Um,
0: but like like I said before, Mega Man 9's main problem, which is something that I think the rest of the series is I mean what Mega Man 11 is trying to avoid for any of the games is Mega Man 9 was Mega the sequel to a sequel to Mega Man 2 it was tr- saying Mega Man 2 was the game that we are going to try to emulate the success of instead of other games where they've been sequels to all the games that came before them so like each each of those games looked at the successes and failures i would say up through Mega Man 6 all of those games looked at the successes and failures of all the preceding classic Mega Man games and that's what informed their current game, probably more influenced by the one immediately before them, but still looking back at all of them. I mean, like, you'll see lots of people say, like, Mega Man 4 has a lot of interesting similarities to Mega Man 2. Mega Man 5 has a lot of interesting similarities to Mega Man 3. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, like, definitely that intentionality there of, like, looking at the whole series up to it. Mega Man 7 was more of a sequel. It was I mean like narratively, and there were certain things where it was like, yeah, this is a sequel to Mega Man Six. Mega Man Seven was also kind of a sequel to Mega Man X. There's lots of things in Mega Man Seven where it's like you kind of just put that in there because X had that. Like uh, the intro stage is like a really bad version of Mega Man X's intro stage, basically.
1: yeah,
0: uh, and then like base is very clearly like, his, at least from a gameplay standpoint, his involvement is basically the same as Viles from Mega Man X. Mm. Like where he, you fight him at the beginning, you can lose to, in the Vile when you have to lose, in Bases when you don't have to lose, but you could still have that same situation where he beats you, and then you fight him, you re-challenge him at the end of the game with your, with powered up abilities. Yeah. That And then Mega Man 8 was a sequel to anime, just in general it wasn't really a sequel to any mega man games uh and i feel like mega man 8 like it definitely tried to do something new do new things but not in a way that was really grounded in any sort of thing like every single stage of mega man 8 is basically a gimmick stage
1: yeah like it, it didn't take an existing like concept or something from mega man and evolve it or a specific concept, mm-hmm. like you know, I mean, there's you. Know, you could say that there were gimmick stages in like Mega Man Seven or Mega, you know, like or Mega Man Six. I mean, you know, like with some of those count bomb puzzles mm-hmm. in some of the rooms. But and like stuff count like bomb that. puzzles were but, like
0: a staple gimmick, right? Like those.
1: Yeah, like that. That was just a thing that they did, and at the same, and then also like, yeah, they just threw in extra gimmicks that just were kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I feel like most of the stages in Mega Man you know, in the previous NES Mega Man games, they the whole stage was not one gimmick. Okay. Like they might have had a, a gimmick in a third or maybe even one half of a stage, but the rest of the stage was still just, you know, the classic Mega Man platforming, mm-hmm. you know, jump and shoot kind of deal. And, you know, weren't like whole halves of stages in Mega Man 8 like that weird sledding or mm-hmm. the weird skiing mini game?
0: In Blizzard Man stage, there's two big sections of it, and then in the castle stages, there's another set of them.
1: It's yeah. awful. It's so I mean, bad, it's know, There's terrible. nothing wrong with reusing gimmicks and making them more difficult, but at the same time, they're just kind of out of and nowhere. They're, just like,
0: they're also, like, just all over the game. If there were a couple gimmicks, sta- it's not that there are gimmicks in Mega Man, like, that's fine. But, like, it was, like, yeah, every stage, and a lot of them were bad.
1: There were yeah, some good and, ones. And, and as a result of them trying to come up with a new gimmick for each stage, they couldn't develop any individual gimmicks, maybe aside from the sledding. In fact, I would say probably the sledding or skiing mini game is probably the most developed out of all of them because it's like, you know, that's the one everybody knows about. Because, you, know, you know, they have it in three different parts at least, and if it even shows up in the Wiley stages, then that's a sign that they probably put more time and effort into developing that gimmick if they're going to reuse it in the mm-hmm. Wily stages. Oh, yeah, no, or, they
0: reuse the yeah. worst gimmicks in the stages, too. It's, it's like, so spot on. Like, these are all of the gimmicks I hated the most that have come back in Mega Man. <laughs> and so, yeah, so then you get to Mega Man 9, which is trying to be Mega Man 2, and then you get to Mega Man 10, which was trying to be Mega Man 2, but not the same way 9 was. And so Mega Man Mega Man 10 felt kind of aimless to me.
1: I actually prefer Mega Man 8 to Mega or sorry Mega Man 10 to Mega Man 9 actually. Hmm. I feel like it wasn't trying as hard to be to cater to the hardcore with that. like fans cuz I would cuz Mega Man 9 from what I understand like I've tried playing some Mega Man 9 that game is hard. <laughs> like that was why, one of the reasons why Mega Man 10 added the difficulty options is cuz people were like okay, you know even some of the classic Mega Man fans were like all right, I like this throwback but anybody who wasn't really good at Mega Man is going to have a lot of mm-hmm. trouble. So I feel like Mega Man 10 was kind of like them easing back a little bit. Like, they were like, okay, we went a little bit too far trying to recreate the the extreme nostalgia. And as a result, they I think they, they were like, hey, maybe we alienated some more people than mm-hmm. we were trying to.
0: Yeah, the, the things that I... It's more of a... The, for, the weapons don't really have any cohesion to me. Um, there's like... A couple yeah, of good ones, yeah. and then like the rest are just kind of
1: garbage. Well, I wouldn't say that most of the weapons in Mega Man Nine and Ten are garbage. No, no, I, no. I and like. I a was lot thinking of those about weapons. heck, make a make, make make a good Mega Man level contest uses a bunch of the newer weapons.
0: But I think, and I, I, I don't know which ones are changed. Um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but a lot of the the weapons in, or at least some of the weapons in, make a good Mega Man level. Um, are changed in terms of how they function mechanically. Um, but, like, there are ones where, like, Water Shield, which doesn't work. Water Shield is just so bad. And, like, even then, like, sometimes they can be good. Like, wool, right? Thunder wool is used to make a good Mega Man level. And it's good, right? Like, there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do with Thunderwool in that, in the levels there. Yeah. The thing is, is that in the make a good Mega Man level, people thought about wool and how it could be used in a stage. The Mega Man 10... There are very few situations where the positives of Thunder will come into effect.
1: Yeah, that's the, the true. The stages like,
0: weren't well, designed. You got a fair
1: point. There. So, like,
0: it, it's it's sort of a give and take. Like, you could have the most fun weapon concept in existence, but then if you don't build levels around using it, it's not going to be fun and it's not going to be useful. Which is why, like, Mega Man Six, like the weapons themselves may not be yeah. a lot of people's favorite. But, like, if you play those games and use the weapons, you can tell, like, the weird arc of Tomahawk's man's weapon with, like, it goes down a little bit and then up. It's like, that looks like it shouldn't be useful at all. It it looks like, how could you ever hit anything with that? But there's so many enemies in that game that are designed, like, just perfectly to be hit by that weapon based on their placement in the stages. Um Windman's stage is a really good example of there are lots of places where it's really easy to use Tomahawk Man's weapon in there and it's a lot of fun to use it because it's designed intentionally.
1: Oh, and then in in Blue in in Blizzard Man's stage, uh wait, hang on. Did you say Blizzard Man it I might have said Mega Blizzard. I
0: meant whatever, I Frost. I think it's Frost. It's one of the ice ones in Mega okay. Man 8. I don't oh. Frost no, Man. Freeze Man is seven.
2: Just,
1: I think Freeze Man, Chill Man is seven. Shell Man is ten. Yeah, I think Frost Man was in eight. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, but Blizzard in Blizzard Man stage, yeah, in Blizzard Man stage in uh, yep. in Mega Man Six, uh, they have like these little like mm-hmm. curling iron enemies, and if you had the Rush Power Adapter, you could actually yeah. punch them, and if you hit them with a low power punch, like a quick fast one, rather you know, because you know. They kind of come at you out of nowhere, so they expect that you're just going to, like, you know, just instantly react and just tap B to to punch at them, rather than charging up. And if you do that, Mm -hmm. they actually change direction and turn around and fly back and crash into each other, and they both blow up. And there's, like, other uh, instances where enemies do that same thing. So you can tell that the enemies, they clearly designed, even just the enemies themselves, were by design were able to be defeated in multiple different ways depending on what weapons you're using and that kind of stuff. And heck, I I when I used to play Mega Man 6, I would basically the first thing I would do is I would go and get the Rush Jet adapter and I would just play the entire game in the Rush Jet adapter just because I loved the weapon so much. Like even bosses and that was just so much fun. You know, you could still have fun just running through the game using just one weapon. Because of the the amount of just potential it had, even if it wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, useful or, you know, utilitarian use. If it was just for, hey, I want to try this out, it was still fun to just kind of go romping around and experimenting what you could do with it.
0: You didn't do it for the
1: bosses, though, no, right? No, 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 no. That, that, that... Well, actually... Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but I did actually, I think, beat Flame one of Man. the bosses. Flame the Man.
0: Flame Man is one that you could do. Flame Man is the only one that I've done, because I, you, I wanted, I've I done, like, sort of playthroughs experimenting with uh using only the adapters in Mega Man yeah. 6. And there are situations where, if you, I was trying to see, like, is there any benefit to, because, like, really, you should go to Flame Man and get the power adapter first. But I wanted to see if, like, starting out with the jet adapter, like, how that was. So I fought fought Flame Man with the jet adapter. It is pretty straightforward because, like, being up in the air actually makes it pretty easy to avoid pretty much all of his attacks. But it takes a very long time because you only do one damage with each shot. Um, We have been talking about Mega Man... For about half an hour now, which is how much I said I was going to do this for, so we can uh, start wrapping things up. But if you have any questions about Mega Man 11 that you would like me to to talk about, because I'm looking very deep in this game, I'm trying to write some sort of summary article I was, of all the Mega Man 11 stuff I have sort of gathered. I was originally going to do a trailer analysis, but then there's like so much more other content. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do something, and I might just like focus on different categories. So if you have anything. About Mega Man 11 that you're interested. You'd like to hear more about. Um, You'd like me to talk about either on the podcast. Or in an article. Um, We'll say this again at the end of the podcast. But send us an email at podcast at gamecola.net. And uh, that'll get to me. And I can read it. And whatever is the best thing to happen with that email. Will be the thing that happens with that email. Speaking of emails. Friends. We have two Game Cola faithful fan emails that we get to wow. read today. Who is excited? I am excited. Woop doop doo, skip it up doo, buta. Uh, so, get, starting off with our first one from Game Cola faithful. Your mom is a boss, written out like a name, who has written into the show. Thank you,
1: your mom. Do I just call you your mom, I think, I think or do that I call you correct.
2: like
0: Ms. Boss?
1: Yeah, Mister is a Mister is boss, boss. Or, or Mrs., maybe. I don't know. So
0: she writes. Um, she does have an actual name, but she has requested to be referred to by this surname. A uh, surname, pseudonym. From Mrs. De Boss, uh, we have. Hey everyone! I love listening to the podcast whenever I'm multitasking or usually drawing. Thank you. I appreciate. It's always nice to hear that people are doing integrating the podcast into the stuff that they do in their life. Um, she goes on to say, "I've been attempting to draw every main character from the Danganronpa franchise. There's so many." <sighs> at face. I can't, like, it's an at symbol and underscore and another at no, it's symbol. That's just like a dizzy a, a con- face,
1: like, kind of like, uh. Yeah.
0: I just want to make sure that everybody has the perfect picture in their head of this yeah. face. And I came across uh, Sumiki, whom is the only character I've had to redraw so far due to messing up the body anatomy. So my question is drawn from that experience. What character from any media, video games, comics, etc., and we're going to talk about video games because it's the Game Cola podcast. So stay on topic, everybody. Are so you
1: listening? W- stay would on it be topic. considered on topic um, if we talk about cola? I- I- if that's your logic, we are the Game Cola podcast. I mean,
0: here's the thing: has their uh, what character from any media has their body proportions so out of whack that it makes you question how they were officially greenlit? Uh, and she writes, Yowie hands count in this <laughs> oh. regard." Um, <laughs> uh, but so if you have any sodas <laughs> whose body proportions are so out of whack, uh, I would I be mean, happy you to say like that, the Santa on like the Christmas gonna... time
1: Coca-Cola cans,
0: but that's not a soda.
1: It is a cola.
0: It is not. But no, but I mean like Santa is not a cola. He might be holding one, but it, he is well, not. But no, a cola. But we're
1: not saying that we're not looking for a game and where the physical game is out of proportion.
0: Right, but we're looking at something within,
1: yeah, game. so I think my logic still like if this, stands. if
0: if if like some some movie actor was holding a video game that wouldn't like
1: make them relevant, Unless the to movie this. actor was out of proportion, in which case
0: no, I still think I still don't think that would count, I still don't
1: think <laughs> that would count James anyway, why don't
0: you give us some of your experience because I don't know as much about uh Denka and rumpa, yes. uh so why don't you tell our Uh, listeners a bit about the series and then uh, perhaps some information regarding to the struggles that uh, your mom as a boss is encountering.
1: Uh, right now. I'm actually I'm not quite sure what you know perhaps the proportions are of Mikan or Tsumiki I should say Uh, specifically that she's having trouble drawing although I know that obviously it being a kind of they 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 don't skimp on the fan service in that series so you know some of the characters have probably what i would say is you know anime style busts and uh i'd imagine that that could probably throw off you know someone who's used to drawing more can you know more traditional proportions i think that would probably have a chance to to throw you off as well and also some of them have like ridiculously long hair and other stuff So I think that might also just, especially since hair is, uh, I'd imagine that hair and kind of being on, you know, your head is probably somewhere, sometimes where people start. And thus, if the proportions for that are not very realistic, it could uh, kind of, you might be unaware to if it's throwing off how you're drawing the rest of the character afterwards. I know that there are some characters in that where at least how they appear And how they're supposed to appear, or, like, according to some of their stats, don't exactly make a lot of sense. Like, for example, another character from Danganronpa 2 is Hajime Hinata, and he is, I think, the th- has- he's a pretty skinny guy, and yet, despite that, uh, according to his bio, he is the third largest bust size out of all the characters in that game, and- the two, you know and the one above him is a little bit more broad-shouldered but the guy just above that is like ridiculous he's like he looks like he could be like a super mega professional football player or something compared to like this other guy who's basically like a twig and and this guy is apparently like the third biggest male chess size in the game so I can see why a lot of that stuff is probably very difficult to draw and just consider, you know. And, of course, with a lot of anime characters, especially girls probably having really long hair, again, like I mentioned, that's probably got to make things really difficult.
0: Yeah, this character, I'm just looking up on Google Images, like, her whole thing seems to be, like, this bandage motif.
1: she's a nurse. And so,
0: like, but it's, like, the kind of, it's the kind of bandages where it's, like, basically mummy wrapping And so, like, her hair kind of looks like that. Like, it's got this, like, flat sort of, like, these, like, straps almost. Like, it looks, like, aside from color, it's purple, not white. But, uh, like, it it looks like these, like, thin bandages sort of coming off her head. I could see how that would be an issue. Um, But as far as, like, body proportions go in terms of, like, anime stuff, that. In terms of just strictly that, this seems pretty tame.
1: It might also be because, like, her her hair is not, like, a uniform size. Like, all of these different sort of, like, strips of hair, they're all vastly different lengths. Like, the ones near the top of her, like, it doesn't even look like... Like, I don't think it's physically possible for somebody to cut their hair like that. Like, I don't know, like, unless you, like, intentionally do it. Like, that is not a natural hairstyle one way or the other. Like, Mm -hmm. that is... A very, like, I would almost say sculpted, almost, like, in order to make it look like that. Mm -hmm. And again, with, you know, judging different lengths of various body parts and stuff like that, using, you know, something that's usually fairly uniform, the hair, that could probably be a pretty big issue.
0: Um, looking at some more of these, her leg length might be a little weird. Do you think so? I don't know, but it's hard to tell, because most of the stuff that has her legs is, like, fan stuff. I'm guessing that this game is mostly,
1: uh... You mostly just see, like, from the from the waist up.
0: Yeah, medium yeah. shots. So, that, I don't know. But, um, it's certainly not as, uh, <laughs> bad, uh, very bad, as, uh, some of the stuff I've seen. And let's we'll, let's get ready to get topical again. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh does everybody remember what happened with that a little bit ago nope. cuz
1: I, I, I remember I paid no attention to it. Oh gosh.
0: You sweet sweet innocent children. Mm-hmm. Um there's a good picture of it. I should have gotten a good picture of this. Um all right, this is what I have for now, which is not they, there's a there's a better bad photo um but uh in the Discord what chat right there on oh, earth? Wow
1: happened there? Just, I'm
0: putting, like...
2: I feel like that's
1: it's not... It's really so good. bad. Like, that's not... Ugh, um, uh, that just...
0: Ew. Oh, and it's even worse in motion. Oh, God. It's so yeah, bad. Yeah, that proportion, uh, those I proportions... Those proportions are no. all off. Yeah, like... It's... And, oh, gosh, and you haven't even... Like, you can't even see her spine in that. You Who is? Which character what? is this? I need to... Her oh. spine.
1: Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that pose no, is not, like... No, it's so bad. What is that pose?
0: okay. I think I think her name is Pyra. Oh no, that's the. Well, I mean, this is also like. This isn't really a purport. Like the the main. Like first of all, like the whole thing about how women are weapons in this game wait, is what? weird. Like I've seen I've seen wait, clips. of what about what, what? It's very wait, strange. What? There are all these like all the weapons that you get in this game are like connected to this to a like a woman, that. Is like embodies the spirit of that weapon or something. I don't know. It's really uncomfortable in a lot of situations. <laughs> it's really not great. Um, but this was this was the most egregious proportion. I still, which uh, which character is this? I want to like. I, I. It seems like I'm spending a lot of time on this, but you have to
1: see this. Oh, spine. the character I think you're thinking of is, so is Dahlia. Okay, oh my god! That.
0: What How even? Oh wait, not here. Oh, yep, yeah, that's it. Where is it? There's like a... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go.
1: I think that screenshot that you have may be a glitch, actually. This one? <laughs> yeah, that is, that is just the camera. That? that is just perspective. That is just perspective, actually. Are you I am sure? positive. <laughs> are you 100% yes, sure? <laughs> from what I've seen, there are a bunch of different people... Posting that that specific pose is, like, not right. Okay, but even yes, still. Yes, even still, those proportions are even ridiculous. Even still. That is absurd. Really
0: funny. It is so bad. And just, like, there's... there's yeah, no, I don't there, want to get into No, it.
1: that is... No, that is too much. There is a line so and it has been crossed thoroughly. Wait, so both of those, you think, are a glitch? It's... It's, it's, maybe it's not a glitch, but that, it is, it is, that angle, that, that weird downwards angle is what makes it look even more weird. Like, it's already weird as is, but that angle is what makes it, is what just pushes it over the top. It is the camera angle, I believe. Like, I'm looking at both of those poses, they are the same pose, it's just the camera angle is what makes all the difference. Are we looking at I'm the looking same at the photo posted? Like those two images there. Aside from where the character mm-hmm. is looking and holding her arms, that is the same stance. Like her head is turned upward and her arms are at her sides on the picture on the right. Yeah. But other okay. Than that, yeah. It I get is that. The same pose.
0: I mean, that's just okay. Her spine is in front of her legs. Yes, it is. That's not.
1: That is not a normal she's, thing. I mean, she, to it happen. looks like she's supposed to look like a rabbit. <laughs> I want to say so that might be part of the reason why the uh, body is not uncre- designed, so yeah, right. Like, like it does not. It is not built like it's a human. So I'll tell funny. you that much. It is very much not built like a human.
0: I think the moral of the story,
1: though, is that this something is, is wrong. here. This is probably this is not right.
0: This is one. <laughs> This is the, when we go to getting, how did this get greenlit? Yes, lit?
1: I agree. Just, there yes. is something very, very yes. wrong here. This should have been, this should have been stopped. Even
0: if this is a glitch, you gotta be, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry, no. So, so there's that. So <laughs> I think, I think we're pretty much agreed that video games, um, particularly <laughs> ones that take on sort of, I don't want to just say anime in general, but like the the very particular like consumer uh, level fan service anime sorts of things are not the greatest when doing bodies for yeah. women. Is that is, do, do, do we have a general agreement yeah. on that here on the podcast?
2: <laughs> um, <It's>, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't even look comfortable.
0: It looks like her spine is broken. Her spine is in <laughs> front of her legs. Like, even if this is a glitch, I still want to make fun of it. Um, It's in front of her
1: legs. Like Actually, her Yeah, le- looking like, at another screenshot if you, if I'm you... seeing, like, that... Nah, hang on, because... Okay, just take a look at this one.
2: Her hands are like, so Okay, big. so that one, there's,
1: like, a weird, like, it looks like just right above her hips, like, her chest suddenly, like, juts forward forward for some reason and that isn't in any of the other screenshots i'm seeing
2: her entire yeah like stomach. that
1: that is different from the other screenshots i'm seeing like <laughs> this year is another like full screenshot you can even see the ui of the game so just take like it's still not right but it's better like it's not as bad like like her spine is not completely detached in this photo. This yeah Like but that looks more like her spine yes. looks fairly normal it, there. Like actually believe it or like okay, spine her spine with the hips is actually like not too uncommon of a thing. Like it does... it not to that not quite to that extent. But like the picture above I think that is a bug. I think that is a glitch in the above picture.
0: Okay, but to to I would agree that like that is closer to the standards of this type of fan fanservice-y art style. It's still like, I'm I'm no biologist. Pretty sure that's not how spines yeah. work. Um, <laughs> so I think we can all agree that video games aren't always the best. Anime
1: is trash. Thing. Wait,
0: but I did want to offer a counter story to that. So I don't know uh, how many. I think I don't remember. Uh, how many people are familiar with Overwatch, at least in terms of its characters, not necessarily, like, having played the game or whatever? Yes. Are we all familiar with the character of Widowmaker? Because I have a fun story. Okay, so Widowmaker is probably one of, in terms of just the design, there was some controversy with Tracer about certain poses and stuff, but, like, in terms of just, like, literally the design of the character, uh, Widowmaker would probably be the one where it's most like, hey, you're doing that thing again with the fan service. Um, but I actually had a friend who has a story about it where one of the criticisms lobbed at, uh, Widowmaker's design was that she is 69% leg.
1: That's physically Um, not true. Like, well, here's... Like, based Mm -hmm. on, in terms of, if you're talking about in terms of height, that is patently false. Even in terms of, like, maybe even, like, body mass or something, just no. Like... 69% Sixty nine percent is like I mean the fact that it's sixty nine percent and not seventy percent makes me think it's intentionally Okay an yes, exaggeration. There's that, there's that.
0: But 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 okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cause even if that number is wrong, here's the thing, right? This friend of mine, she went she is a very tall person. She went and measured herself, and she is
1: sixty three percent leg. So it is so it is based on height you're saying.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's mm, she uh, she is a very tall person with very yes. long legs and a granted, pretty short granted. upper body.
2: I feel that life. So
0: So I think it is important also when you're talking about like proportions that don't make sense, quote unquote, or like just body proportions in general, it's important to remember that like there are people who do exist at extremes and, you know, just because they don't like they are at certain extremes of height or certain lengths of body parts or certain sizes of body parts. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't be represented in games or in media in general. Where problems arise is when you start saying like, hey, wait a minute, all of these characters have this very particular thing that also lines up with general unrealistic body expectations for people where things come into play.
1: I mean, as long as I personally, I don't think it's a bad thing to do as long as you're not as long as you're not trying to promote necessarily I should say as long as you're not trying to say that this is the best body type or that this is some kind of goal that should be reached like as long as you're just saying this is a body type rather than this is a good or bad body type I think it's it's fairly I I don't think it is gonna do much harm it may be ridiculous and hilarious, but I, I I don't think it it's too much of an actual problem. And heck, in even in Xenoblade Chronicles two, there's another character with way more off body proportions, and that's Boreas. See, look at that, completely unrealistic.
0: <laughs> um, is this a dragon whose no face is his a hand? his head is down there? What?
1: His head looks like Navi from. So that's his oh, head down there, that's one of his hands uh, up high, and then he has his other oh. hand just to the right of his head, like the little short nub, like, because it, it's tucked in. So he can, like, pull oh, it I out and it stretches. I all these large
0: right-hand, unrealistic yeah, body no. proportions for men. It's just, it's just so hard yeah. to love myself.
1: <laughs> it's like, see, as long as they're not saying, see, this is what you should be going for, although if you say it for this, <laughs> it's clearly sarcastic. And oh. even for a character like Widowmaker, as long as nobody's saying, as long as the game isn't going around saying this is what you should try to look like, I, I think it's harmless enough. As 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 strange or ridiculous as it may look, I think it's in practice it's harmless.
0: And it also helps when there's like you know more than one female character.
1: Yeah, when character there's such a big variety cast, of so body can... oh, types. Oh yeah, in that's
2: it. really nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like uh, I think Overwatch does at least an yeah. okay job. Um, it, it, within the realm of video games, maybe, specifically. I don't know, I'm not a super media expert on a lot of these things, so I, I, don't, like say, I don't like saying definitively, like, yes, this does a really good job, because, like, there may be, like, another realm where it's like, oh, yeah, no, they they do a way better job. So that was that topic, unless anybody has other things they want to say.
2: Hey, um, Game Call of Faithful, who have also suffered through Huffle Boyfriend... How tall do you how how like big do you think the birds are? Do you think they're like human sized or do you think they're regular bird sized? Because honestly, I have no idea.
1: Didn't Diana say they were regular bird sized?
2: I have no idea. I think that's just what Diana thinks. Do they
1: not show them?
2: <laughs> they show pictures of birds.
1: Then I don't know. Then then they I, I don't think give you any other information.
2: So um, if you find proof of any any theories, uh, uh let me know.
1: Yeah, tweet
2: tweet Anna, please. Because I need to know, and I haven't played the game in s- several years, and I apparently need to bring it back up.
0: Yeah. So don't re- remember. Don't make birds think that they have to be the size of people, because you're setting up unrealistic body expectations.
2: That's just not nice.
0: Okay. So continuing on, we have another question, or another email, I should say. It has many, many questions in it, and so since there's 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 actually six questions in this email. Um, from Patrick Humphrey, thank you, Patrick. Uh, and so, well, we probably won't spend as much time on each uh, individual question as we did, just so that we can, because we, we are coming up on a bit longer. This podcast is going to run a little long, so we'll try to uh, uh, address these sort of a little more quickly. So, the email reads: Greetings, Game Cola staff. Come to think of it, this will be read on the podcast. So, greetings, Game Cola faithful. Anywho, I have a few questions for you today. Question one. What video game character do you think would be better suited in a franchise other than their own?
1: Ooh. That is a really good question. Huh. Shoot, I have to think about that one. We're just gonna have like fifteen minutes of silence <laughs> we're gonna have to edit it out.
0: <laughs> uh I will, I will say that I well... will say that there is uh, there's a common joke that there's lots of Pokemon that
1: look like they should be Digimon. Yeah, just whichever ones have incredibly, which whichever ones have teeth that are way too realistic.
0: <laughs> is that, is that what the, the I, I don't know, is? like, I,
1: just something about, the reason I like Pokemon and not Digimon is because in, like, when I look at Pokemon, I say, oh, a lot of those designs, like, When I look at a majority of the Pokemon designs, they say, oh, that's kind of cute, or oh, that's kind of cool. Whereas with Digimon, I look at a majority of the designs, and I'm like, oh, that's incredibly creepy for some reason. Like, I couldn't tell you why I find them creepy, but, like, they just, I don't know, something about most of the Digimon designs just looks unsettling.
0: Yeah, I've never been able to put my finger on it. I think some of it has been, like, uh, stuff that looks, that, like, kind of has too much of the the quote-unquote anime eyes or, like, stuff where, like... Because, like, the thing about Digimon is that a lot of them have, like, technology... Some kind of technology sort of involved. And I think part of it, too, is that they also... The original Pokemon design, since it was, like, black and white Game Boy... Or green and black uh, <laughs> Game Boy stuff, like, their, their... The visual patterns on them weren't very complex because you wouldn't be able to render the fidelity but then as the graphical fidelity increased you could have more detailed and intricate patterns which i think lined up with digimon more that was more based on an anime and so like you could have those visual intricate visual designs that were then simplified to a game if you needed it to be yeah that that i think that has also contributed to this like joke of like pokemon start looking like digimon now
1: but but that's that's not the question though
0: yeah, well, no, that would be the the these yeah. Pokemon. And I, oh, oh, I, I see, I see. So it's like... like Audino a little bit. I would be like Audino would looks kind of like a Digimon. Uh, I could,
2: yeah,
1: I could kind of see that actually.
0: Um, like like one of the, like the yeah. little forms of the
1: Digimon. Well, I I would say that a lot of uh, I would say that a lot of the characters from the Dong and games would probably work well in Ace Attorney, but that's just because they are too very. Functionally very similar, or uh, thematically they are very similar. In terms of you know they they are mm-hmm. in in essence at their most basic they are murder mystery games, murder mystery adventure games, and so I think they I think they would pretty much all of them would work well. Uh, like even just in terms of how their characterization and all that, I think they would be pretty darn good Ace Attorney characters, just given how they are very colorful, quirky characters.
0: All right, moving on to question two. What is the worst game console you have ever played on? Hmm. Have any of us played any of like the the like famously bad like like what? There's the Atari Jaguar is really bad. Uh, CDI, CDI is just
1: terrible in general.
0: CDI, Zelda is most famously, I guess Hotel Mario too.
1: I mean, most of the games just on the CDI. Sure, was nice game. of the princess to invite us over for a picnic, yeah. eh, Luigi. I mean, those are just memes because they're so bad they're good. But I mean, just most of the games yeah. on that system no. were just bland and uninteresting. Like they just there were there were no inspired mm-hmm. that those were consoles that just didn't have any hits, so to speak. You know, they didn't have a hit game on the CDI. There was no such thing, and I think actually the three D O might have. Had it a, might have had it a little better, but not much like the three d o didn't do very well either
0: um I once played in an arcade this like pac man machine that was very clearly like weird and yeah. teared weird and torn uh it was uh it like the the joystick like barely worked, and so what you had to do is instead of just like you know tapping it in the direction you wanted to go, you had to go like full like you know, space pilot and be like, oh, I need to go down and you just yank it as hard as you can down and hope that Pac-Man goes down and you just gotta slam it in. And I'm guessing, like, there was some like, uh, a feedback loop in that of, like, how violently you had to move the control stick probably led to more, yeah, like, damage. Yeah, just, but like, you just had move to, like, down faster slam if I down harder. Well, it wasn't even that. It was like, it just wouldn't yeah, register. I think
1: in that case you would actually want to jiggle it a little bit. Like, you know, you could pull down, but then you'd kind of wiggle it side to side while you're pulling down to try and, like, yeah. you know, tweak the connection that it's making a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of it was, like, you had to, like, to get it to connect or whatever, like, it would have to go all the way to as far as you could go. And it was designed with, like, pullback. So, like, the further down you pulled it, the harder Snap it would back. sort of, like, pull back on you. And so... If you needed to like basically bring it as far as it could go, you had to pull yeah. pretty hard. Um And if you wanted to do it fast, you had to yeah. like yeah.
1: I, I see what you mean. So yeah, they that have was probably controls
2: on some of those
1: <laughs> And also, I think the controls. Honestly, I think the controls in the original Pac Man could occasionally just be a bit sluggish and temperamental to begin with. Like even emulating mm-hmm. that game, you know, playing on a friggin' mechanical keyboard with basically zero input lag. Like I, I still sometimes have trouble getting pac-man to turn like i i've had him miss corners constantly and it gets really frustrating but i think that may it's it's possible i don't know but it is possible that that just the the controls in that game were a little bit finicky to begin with
0: yeah that I mean, and that's, that's probably,
1: probably what init, you know caused the initial you know trying to yank on it and that might have been kind of what kicked it off
0: uh question three then also we have uh what are your opinions on Nintendo starting to allow more mature games on the Switch?
1: As soon as they start allowing YouTubers and stuff to actually not be completely trashed by you and your policies, I will be quite happy with it. I I, I will be salty at Nintendo for quite some time now. Like, I have massive praise mm-hmm. for Nintendo and what they're doing, but I'm gonna tell you this, like As much as I like seeing, I I know this isn't really answering the question, but I want to say I like that Nintendo is starting to get their game to get, you know, kind of get their act together. And is, you know, and part of that involves them allowing more mature games onto the Switch and that kind of stuff. Although I think didn't the didn't the Wii U wasn't it going to have like a an exclusive like zombie survival game like zombie U or whatever it was. Mm hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a very tame. Yeah, it was very tame. But, but I mean, like,
1: I I I can appreciate that Nintendo has been is getting more progressive in its you know policies and that kind of stuff. But and I think it's I, I I really like to see it because I really want to like the stuff Nintendo does, and I do like a lot of the stuff Nintendo does, and I feel like this is a very good thing that they are that they're becoming more accepting of this kind of stuff because that's just the way that the games industry is nowadays. But until they stop treating their creators like trash, I still honestly, there's there's just something I just can't... It's kind of a I'll-see-it-when-I-believe-it kind of attitude, and I, I can't really let up on that. It's like, wow, Nintendo's, you know, they say, oh, we're going to allow more mature games. It's like, all right. Well, now we've seen that you are, so that's good. But I I that's one of the few things I still kinda of don't know what to think about because they've done they've made so much progress and in some areas, and I think that's fantastic, but they've made so little progress or gone backwards in so many areas that I don't know what it says about Nintendo like the company as a whole. It just confuses me more than anything else.
0: When you're talking about... Are you talking about, like, the YouTube, like, demonetization Yeah, YouTube demonetization and just...
1: In terms of just fan... Just letting creators express themselves. Like, not just YouTube demonetization, but any fan-made creations. Just in general. Oh, you mean,
0: like, fan games. Like,
1: heck, fans had the idea for Mario... Like, technically, Shigeru Miyamoto did want to include a level editor in the original Super Mario Bros., but fans... Years and years and years ago, you know the guy that made, uh, that makes Terraria? Mm-hmm. He, Andrew Sphinx, made a game back in 2010, you know, 20, 2009, 2010, 2011, that was basically Mario Maker for the PC. And in like 2012, I think, he got shut down by Nintendo a couple of years before they came out with Mario Maker. And it's like, well, you could have at least said thanks for him giving you all that inspiration. You know, I mean, he wasn't even making money off of it. Like, if a fan wants, is trying to make money off of a fan game, no, 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 no. that They stop that right there. That, that I have no problem with them trying to shut down. But when they're doing something that is entirely non-profit just to try and have a creative outlet to show this stuff, which is how some game developers get their start in the first place, and you just... Without discretion, just destroy all of this hard work that they put into it? No. I, I have absolutely no respect for the people at Nintendo who decide that that is a good idea. I cannot respect them for that, for that kind of policy. And I, I like what they've done. I, I, you know, just to stick with just the question and not my own opinions. I think that yes, I, I appreciate that Nintendo is allowing more mature games onto the Switch, and I hope that it is a sign of of even more progress in terms of, you know, their their policies as a whole.
0: To, to play devil's advocate real quick on this for you, because I'm curious on what you think about this sort of talking point that has been thrown around. The, the part of, from my understanding, is that, like, when it comes to, like, fan stuff like that, It can be sort of a gray area for companies because, like, part of the way that you have to be able to hold on to your copyright is you have to take action against stuff that infringes on your copyright. That is incorrect. That is
1: incorrect. I have have researched this. That is incorrect. That is not true. Companies like Sega don't do that. Heck, Sega released a game on Steam that was basically a Sega Genesis emulator. And they allowed it Mm -hmm. to have Steam Workshop support so that fans could submit, like, hacks and patches in their own games to it. And people started uploading official, like, copyrighted Sega Genesis ROMs to the Steam Workshop. And Sega said, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Go ahead. And Sega has not shut down very many, or if any, Sonic fan games or any other Sega-related fan games. They do very little with that. But do they still have full and complete ownership of their copyrights? They do. And if at any point in the future... Like, for example, the Sonic fan games that have come out... Like, Sega has let these fan games exist for years and years and years. But technically and legally, they still do have the total right to shut them down at any point that they want to. The whole thing is that they don't because they don't because they respect that their creators are doing it out of love for their series and not to you know to to leech money off of their their copyrighted design.
0: But but okay, so so I see what you're saying there and I and I agree that like yeah, like this is Nintendo takes a very hamfisted approach to this. But when you say that it is not true, are you saying because hey, look, these companies are doing it and nothing bad has happened to them? are you saying there actually is not this legal rule that
1: exists? Uh, That is correct. There is no legal rule which says Nintendo has to actively... Copyright is passive until you decide to use it. Copyright is there, and it is always there until the copyright expires or until you want to use it. So you have copyright on these characters. So, for example, Pokemon Prism. A non-profit fan game was in production for eight years. They spent eight years doing this entirely out of love and dedication for their series to show how much they love it. Not making any money off of it. Nintendo shuts them down. Why? Because they wanted to. They didn't like it. Legally, they have no obligation. They are not legally required to take action against these projects in order for them to maintain control of the copyright. If, for example, like, heck, you know, like, and Pokemon Uranium is another example. They did that, they knocked that game out too. But if they had not, if they had not DMCA'd all of these fan projects, Nintendo would still have 100% legal control of that copyright, regardless of whether they took those those projects down or not. They will always have this copyright, and they always have control over these characters. Whether they choose to act upon it out of spite and out of greed is another matter entirely, and that that is what differentiates companies like Sega from Nintendo, because Sega sees that they will have control of this copyright regardless of whether they actively try to take down fan games in order to maintain all all of the stuff Nintendo says about protecting its intellectual property is completely false they have no obligation they do not need to take down fan games or to DMCA YouTube videos or to monetize these YouTube videos in order to keep control over their intellectual property that is what the copyright system is for it's to say Hey, these people are trying to make money or trying to steal our idea and say that it's theirs. So stop it. That's that is what copyright is for. Or at least that the in in like that that's what it should be for. Companies can certainly use it for other things, but they don't have to. And in my mind, they shouldn't ever. It should be used to stop people from stealing from you.
0: Even if you're providing something because I'm still sort of playing devil advocate. It, yeah. I want to tell you that I agree that Nintendo comes at this from a really ham-fisted point of view. Yeah. And I think they could stand to pull back. Uh, but you don't think there's... what I'm trying just to make it clear what you're saying. You have a problem with the idea of these people, even if they are working from a, a place of love and a place of admiration, some could argue that at the end of the day... They're providing something for free that uh, Nintendo offers a paid service for. And like, what do you mean uh, by what do you mean been...
1: there? What are they offering for free that Nintendo has done?
0: So like, uh, like a poke, like just a Pokemon. Game, yeah, a Pokemon right? game. Like so say... Pokemon
1: Prism is not a Nintendo made game. Yes. So you are providing something for free, which is the majority of it, aside from the character designs and maybe some music. I would say that in in terms of there is there is also the whole subject of fair use and that is you know a transformative work in in copyright law there is a transformative use clause which is that if you take an existing copyrighted work and you alter it to be something that is in part or in whole new then it then it cannot be protected under copyright for example if you create your own Pokemon, you can you can say that it is a Pokemon, and Nintendo cannot legally take it down unless you're trying to make money off of it, in which case they would actually be going after the the trademark or the copyright of the name Pokemon. But if you are just making a, a character yeah. design and calling it a Pokemon, there is nothing that violates copyright there. If I have... Now, the, I will agree that there is a more gray area of, say putting a video on YouTube of me playing through a Mario game, in which case the only transformative content there would likely be my commentary on it. Like, people who submit comment, you know, playthroughs of video games without commentary, I can understand why Nintendo would try to monetize those for themselves because, yes, that is essentially providing you with a vicarious experience of playing through this game that you normally have to pay for for free, but also at the same time, nevertheless, despite the fact that that is a, a that you could heavily argue that that is a good enough reason for Nintendo to go after it, com- again, companies like Sega still don't. Companies like Sega let you monetize those videos and get ad revenue for them because they also recognize that they're basically getting free promotion. And that's that's another reason why I hate it, is because Nintendo Nintendo honest like as much as they will say that that doing, you know, that that kind of stuff hurts sales of their games, honestly I you, they they have provided no statistics or any hard evidence to prove that that is true. In my mind they are co- they are completely fu- that that is completely false. They will never ever lose money from anything short of people pirating their video games. YouTube videos about, of someone playing through their games, even the ad, even if that person monetizes it and gets the ad revenue that Nintendo otherwise would, the amount of revenue that they would potentially get from people saying, hey, this guy's playing Super Mario Odyssey, I've seen a ton of my favorite YouTubers play through it, let me go and buy it, and a Nintendo Switch, the amount of revenue that they could potentially gain from that By far and away offsets the amount of, the tiny amount of ad revenue lost by advertisements on that video. Nintendo, morally, in my mind, Nintendo has absolutely, and I mean absolutely no moral reason to do this. In, in my mind, any, all of this stuff that Nintendo does is 100% morally in the wrong. Legally, it is a gray area, and I accept that. But considering the trend of pretty much every other game company ever at this point, including ones that have been around for this long, there is no justifiable reason for them to do this. That's, that's all I'll say. I, I've, I've carried on too long. This is turning into just more of an angry rant. So, I like, I, I really, really like what Nintendo's been doing and how they've been getting more and more progressive in their policies, and I want that to be recip or to to also be I, I want that those improvements and that progress to be visible in how they treat their creators online, especially like I really really want to see that. So I I am not optimistic, but I hope.
0: So that is now over. I don't know how that one got entirely addressed because we went on for a while yeah. on that point. Um, but let's let's hit these last couple of questions and then wrap things up. So question five. Have you ever learned any life lessons from a game?
2: Hmm. Probably.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of my answer too. Like probably but I don't know if it's like to the extent of yes, this is the thing that I learned from Super Mario Odyssey and I will take it with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> like i i'm sure like probably in more subtle ways honestly like like there've been elements of things where it's like oh yeah that that's been highlighted for me but i don't think it's quite as like and i feel like that's sort of my approach with most media like i don't i try not to for the one thing it's like most media at some point is made for made like even 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 like the most altruistic creators uh and like shows where like there's a lot of heart and soul put into it like at the end of the day most stuff like either has to make money or has to gain like is made so that people will put eyes on it even if it's being made for free like you know youtube stuff is for free but like you still and you still need to be constructed in a way that gets eyes on it i personally like to be cautious about tying personal morals and values to things that are essentially products even if like i i understand how cynical that sounds and i don't mean to say that i'm so cynical about every piece of media that i don't enjoy because oh that's just a product i can't believe you're emotionally invested in a product capitalism (laughs) not like that but i just in general i try to keep my life lessons as sort of their own little thing that can be informed and understood by media but not like necessarily rooted in media you know, in in some kind of media property, whether it be video games or something like that. Um. So that's my very esoteric way to dodge your question, Patrick.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah all right, I see your question. Here's how I'm going to not answer it. Yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't um, say life lessons so much as just like, I think I've probably just like learned just some general, like, good things, like. You know, like, not, like, big moral of the story kind of thing, but just, like, general, like, have I learned things? Like, have I have I been enlightened, I guess you could say, by something I've seen in a video game? I, I, I think that that is something I think I definitely have experienced. I couldn't tell you, you know, a specific example, but in just in terms of learning things or growing from playing through a game. I think that's, yeah, I think I definitely have.
2: In Valhalla, this isn't really like a life lesson, but kind of just a thing. My One of my favorite characters has an existential crisis.
1: Oh, I know what you're talking about.
2: And it kind of like, when I first played the game, it was happening at a time where I also was going through an existential crisis. So it was kind of nice seeing... Like, even if it isn't real, it's nice seeing something go through the same thing. Did
1: you mean, well, like, you yourself, or like you, the player character, like, the player character was also having an existential crisis? Me, right? myself. Oh, I see. And I? No, you, she, she herself and Dorothy.
2: <laughs> oh, Dorothy, I love her. But, um, the main character described how she went through her own existential crisis, and it kind of hit me, and it was nice to see that. It's like, even if it's not real, it's like you're not alone. Yeah. Because somebody had to write that.
1: Yeah, and I think that almost kind of could qualify. I think that's actually probably the closest thing we have that can qualify as you know, the closest thing to a life lesson, actually. I think that's you know just the kind of you know viewpoint you have on those kind of really deep issues.
0: I've only gone through regular stential crises myself.
1: <laughs> not extra stential?
0: No. Nope. What was that joke like? 3 out of 10? I
1: don't know.
2: <laughs> I give it 0 out of 10?
1: I, I was about to turn oh. it from, from existential into extra stencil, which would have been even more of a stretch, so I'm glad we stopped it there. Alright,
0: Uh, final question. Besides the obvious Crystallis, do you, any of you have any video game playing traditions? Um, Just real quick for me, I usually will play through Super Mario Sunshine or at least play through some of it over the summer just because like that whole game is just very summer you know beaches and sand and that's the best time where I can get into the mind space to play it because there are lots of parts of that game that frustrate me so but like the early game is a lot of fun and like just the general like yeah it's summer so uh yeah I would say not every summer but a lot of them I will go and play some
2: Super Mario Sunshine. Every year at least probably closer to like February or between like February and April I'll play Night of the Rabbit and um, like at least one of the Deponia games because that's around the time where I first played them was like around my spring break uh, a few years ago. That's also probably going to be a thing with 2064 also is when like I'll play it probably closer to when I first played it.
1: But I I actually do have a tradition that is still ongoing, which is that a while back, actually, my dad used to be when we got our PlayStation Two years and years ago. Someone who I didn't expect, which was my dad, actually got into a lot of those games. Like he beat Kingdom Hearts One and Two and Dragon Quest Eight, uh, The Journey of the Cursed King, and specifically that that game, uh, Dragon Quest Eight. I absolutely love it. So, and and back when I was that, you know, back all those years ago, I was so young that I did not make much progress into that game. So, recently, I have been uh, just spending a couple more, you know, a couple days... Uh, over break, and just, you know, usually one of the mornings on the weekends, just making more and more progress through Dragon Quest VIII so that I can try and actually beat it for the first time. And that is a, I think I'm up to, like, 50 hours in the game. I think when my dad beat it, his save file had, like, 113 hours. Because it's just, it's a really big game if you want to do a lot of the stuff that there is to do. And, and even he, he didn't do all of it. That's just a game I just enjoy playing from time to time, just for, you know, stretches and just, you know, just kind of go through it and just, all right, let's 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 play this game. I always still enjoy it. Let's try and get closer to beating it. So that's, I guess it's not really necessarily a tradition because it's not like I'm replaying it over and over, but that's mainly because it would, <laughs> they would take that, that would mean that in order to complete one round of the tradition, it would take me a hundred so hours, so but it's it's still something i i do regularly
0: every year i play through the entirety of this game and it takes me all year and the, my tradition is that the, the the start of the new year i, I do it all start over start again, again. <laughs> yeah i think i think that uh let's I'll fin- let's finish patrick's email real quick um that's For now, that's all my questions. However, I have one more thing I wish to share. At church today, I was convinced that the deacon was trying to make Ace Attorney references. (laughs) First, he mentioned the play Waiting for Godot. Then he said something about trials and tribulations. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) And then he writes, may your purse, Oh, boy. Perspicacity and panache bring you plentiful popularity, and you'll pull shrit... Tind- oh, wait, hold
1: on. This is can you, like, like paste five it? I samples. want to see if I can figure out.
0: Uh, pull. Hold on, pultritudinous. Pull- podcasters. Um, I'll put it in the chat.
1: Let's see. Yeah, may your pers <laughs> yeah may your perspicacity and panache. I think actually that might not be. I think panache is spelled with an i like p-i-n-e I, I, I could be wrong maybe, there but, but yeah maybe it's British. yeah may, may your perspicacity and panache bring you plentiful popularity you pulchritude podcasters
0: oh that's hard ch that makes more sense
1: yeah it's pronounced like a k kind of
0: <laughs> yeah um and it says your devoted fan patrick Humphrey. patrick thanks oh and also he included this fun little image uh that i don't think i can my computer's not letting me download it right now, but it's like waiting for Godot with like Ace Attorney um, characters like put on the like a movie poster or a playbill. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'll I'll try to put it in the article, um, in the show notes. But uh, thank you, Patrick, and uh, I think. That is going to be all the time that we have for today. So thank you for, first of all, letting me talk about Mega Man for half an hour. And thank you, our lovely fans, for giving us emails and stuff to talk about. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, where we post video game reviews and news articles and blog posts about all sorts of things. Um, You can also find us on YouTube, Uh, gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net. Um, You can find playthroughs of Valhalla and um, uh, other video series and other playthroughs that are probably going to be coming out this new year. You can check us out on social media, right, Anna?
2: We have Facebook and Twitter.
0: Just search GameCola and you'll find us. We also have a Twitch where we do live streams. Just search GameCola and you'll find us. And if you want to be like our lovely friends, uh, your mom and Patrick, you can email us questions. Or just in general uh, at the podcast at podcast at gamecola.net um, where we can we'll read your emails and if you want them read right on the podcast we can do that too. Um, so thank you for listening. Have a wonderful year now that the new year has started, and we will see you very soon. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening uh have a wonderful day wherever it is uh happy new year this podcast is going up on january 1st so have a happy 2018 uh live in the dream greetings from and, the past uh we'll see you i guess when you listen to this later this year this new year but also next year for us right now um so yeah those words that i said uh goodbye everybody
1: Oh uh, we're not Oh right, yeah we should probably plug promote. oh
0: wait, yeah, we should okay, you gotta plug um plug, uh, so uh blah, blah, blah. all right, I'll have to fix that Probably give the the email I too. to totally forget.